You're listening to the Strong Towns Podcast. Everybody, this is Chuck Marone with Strong Towns. Welcome back to the Strong Towns podcast. And if you're in the United States, happy Thanksgiving. Tomorrow is Thanksgiving, and uh, it's a one of the best holidays of the year, really. I mean, it's this opportunity, and I, I hope you all have this opportunity to sit down with people that you care about and share a meal, uh, share some conversation. I know there's been a lot made in recent years about the tension around Thanksgiving. Do your part to lower the tension, right? Be a good listener. Smile. Have a good time. Give people some hugs. That's what Thanksgiving's about, right? Being grateful. And I think we all have a lot to be grateful for. One of the things that I'm grateful for, (laughs) speaking of a segue, you like that segue, Gryffindor? I'm here in the office with the puppy. Uh, came with me tonight to record this. I am thankful that we are having on Friday, the day after Thanksgiving, another Black Friday parking event. And I just want to take a couple minutes here with you to talk to you about this event and, and how you can take part in it. Because astoundingly, it has grown from this I was just going to say petulant, <laughs> this this kind of angry idea that I had about a decade ago now into something that uh, has grown w- way, way, way beyond that in an incredible way. If, if you've not been around at Black Friday parking before with us, let me give you a, a little bit of the origin story. Back in my engineering days and in my planning days, I, I had a number of public meetings that I would be in we'd be reviewing a site plan for a big box store or, you know, something with a strip mall or just anything where you had a minimum parking requirement. And as soon as anybody brought up the idea that maybe we shouldn't build this much parking, like maybe requiring them to put this much parking in was, was not necessary. Somebody would stand up and say, Oh, but what about black Friday? I had this one engineer that is a friend of mine. I'm I'm fond of him. He's a very nice guy. But I remember being in a meeting with him and he he was very earnest and he really believed very firmly that, you know, on Black Friday, uh, if we don't put an adequate amount of parking in this parking lot on Black Friday, there's going to be people <gasps> circling around waiting for parking or <gasps> Parking uh, on the side of the side of the road instead of in a parking lot or, you know, some other horrible thing. Someone would not be able to shop adequately on on Black Friday. And I I remember listening to this thinking, this is really kind of a weird set of priorities we have here. But, you know, in those days I was I was learning. I was trying to understand, Okay, why why do we do this? I've now come to understand you know, completely. First of all, let me just say, and props to Donald Shoup, who has led the way on this in, in so many ways. If you haven't read The High Cost of Free Parking, go and get it. One one of my favorite things on The High Cost of Free Parking is a chart. I'm an engineer. I like charts. This is a chart in a series of charts that were put together to identify the proper amount of parking. Like, what's the right amount of parking? What amount should we require these businesses to have. And the way that these charts were put together is that you would take, and let me give you an example, you would take a restaurant 
And someone would go out to, you know, the, the 1950s equivalent of the Applebee's, whatever it was, on the edge of town. And they would look and they would say, okay, at, uh, at, during the day, here's how many patrons were in Applebee's and here's how many cars were in the lot. And they would do this kind of survey a number of times. And then they would come to the conclusion that if you are a restaurant, um, you should have this much parking because this is how much parking a restaurant has. Now, that's the same amount of parking you would need if you are out you know, in the third ring suburb on the edge of a major metro area as what you would need if you were in a small town downtown, right? Or, or a big city downtown. Th this is how much parking you're required to do because this is how much parking is needed in order to service all this demand. This is literally how we put these things together. And, you know, when we talk about retrofitting urban areas for the suburban experiment, parking is one of the main mechanisms that was used to do that. My favorite chart in this book is a chart with one data point. So for those of you who don't remember your geometry, in order to draw a line, you need two points. For those of you that didn't take statistics, to make a trend, two points is uh, going to be pretty highly correlated because you're literally drawing a line between two points. But it's not statistically very significant, right? Like you need multiple data points in order to have any confidence. And you know, say you're looking at a parking lot and on one end you've got five parking spots and on the other end you've got 20 parking spots, it's pretty hard to project out to something that would give 50 or 80 or 100 or 200 parking spots. That's done routinely in this book, right, where you have a, a data set cluster and then you project out to extremes. But my favorite one, and I'm going to tell you about it now, my favorite one in this book is one where there's just one point, one point. And for those of you that don't remember your geometry or your uh, your calculus, that's like an infinite set, right? Like you can't project, project in any direction with one point. Yet this chart makes a confident projection out to say, well, okay, with this many bowling lanes or whatever it was, you need this much parking. And uh, therefore, if you've got eight bowling lanes or 20 bowling lanes or 50 bowling lanes, here's how much parking you need. The chart is in there because this is quack science, right? Like this is not a real science in any way. And once you recognize that and combine it with the notion that every time we build parking in a community, we are losing money, we the property owners, the residents, the taxpayers, the local government, we in this community, every time we have parking, that is a massive sunk cost to our community where we are losing money. We're losing lots and lots of money. Once you recognize those two things, that we're losing money for quack science, parking mandates become impossible to defend, just impossible to defend on, on any grounds. In fact, building parking becomes really, really hard to defend when you recognize those two things. And certainly, uh, subsidized parking and mandating businesses provide a certain amount of parking is an absolute absurdity. I said on the UpZone podcast, and I think it's going to run today, I think it's going to run the exact same day as this podcast. If you're not subscribed to UpZoned and you really like Strong Downs, you like this podcast, go check out the UpZone podcast. I think it's the most fun podcast we have, actually. Abby Kinney hosts it. This week we talked about parking minimums. And part of the discussion that we had got into the advantages and disadvantages that it creates. And, you know, I pointed out that 
the larger an entity you are, the more parking minimums actually become a competitive advantage for you. But the closer you are to being a small, small business, the smaller a business you are, the more onerous parking requirements become. If we want a culture of entrepreneurism, if we want a culture of business startups, if, if we want to create small business opportunities in our community, we, we have to get rid of parking minimum requirements. I mean, it is, as I said in the latest episode, it is like the base minimum level of competency for running a government these days it is to eliminate fully your parking subsidies and your parking mandates. That, that is like the first step towards becoming a competent local government, right? It's like a prerequisite for everything else. Black Friday parking, which is going to be Friday, the day after Thanksgiving. This day that came about because I, I was out with my daughters on Black Friday with this kind of ringing in my ears remembrance of these many, many meetings that I had where the engineers would say, and the planners would say with, with supreme amount of confidence drawn from this quack science, with supreme amount of confidence, they would say, boy, Chuck, if we don't build that parking, you know what's going to happen on Black Friday. It's going to be chaos. It's going to be mayhem. It's going to be horrible for everybody. We, we got to build it. Otherwise, bad things will happen. And here I was out on Black Friday with my kids. And guess what? I didn't have any trouble finding a place to park. In fact, there was massive amounts of the parking lot not used. And I, I got to the point, and this is kind of, you know, the age we live in, the Twitter age, the Facebook age, the social media age, where I snapped a photo and I put it online and I said, who, who is making this argument that Black Friday parking is the reason we have to do this stuff? Even on the busiest shopping day of the year, this parking lot is not full. That started something. And every year since then, we've been doing this event, Black Friday Parking, using the hashtag Black Friday Parking to document how not only ridiculous this quack science is, how ridiculous parking minimums are, how ridiculous mandating and subsidizing parking is, but really how underutilized parking is in this country, how huge of an investment in wasted nothingness parking is. So what we ask people to do is when you're out and about on Black Friday, go, go about your business, go about and do your stuff. Take special note of the parking. Take some pictures, post them to social media. Use the hashtag Black Friday parking. Note where you're at. Maybe say what percentage of the lot you estimate is full or empty. Give us a little bit of information. The coolest ones are the ones where people have now gone out and sat in lawn chairs and set up tables and, and done other things, kind of kind of, you know, show the vast emptiness of the parking. People have gotten very, very creative over the years. I always get someone, some smart aleck on social media who's like, you know, Chuck, that Black Friday is not the busiest shopping day of the year. You know that people uh, shop online now. Yeah, you're making my point. You're not telling me something that I don't know. We have so much parking. Black Friday is still the busiest day for going out to the stores. We are shifting a lot of our consumer behavior to online. And so, you know, with that, we need even less parking than what we build. Do we update our standards? No, of course not, because it's, it's quack science anyway. Like, why would you update quack science? Help us out. Help us share this message. Help us inform other people. And when you do and you share the, the, something with the hashtag Black Friday Parking, we're going to get it. Uh, we're going to amplify it. We're going to amplify your 
tweet, your Insta post, your TikTok, your whatever. We're, we're going to amplify that up so that, you know, the tens of thousands of people who are following us on these different channels are seeing that. We also have on our website, strongtowns.org slash Black Friday Parking on Black Friday and throughout the weekend, our homepage is going to be dedicated to Black Friday Parking. And if you want to educate people, if you want to bring them along more than even just snapping a photo, send them to our website on Friday. Send them to strongtowns.org and we will give them the case for why they should be against this quack science, why they should be for reducing the amount of parking, why they should actually support... Um, the market kind of deciding how much parking that there should be, why we shouldn't mandate that small businesses put this in, why we shouldn't subsidize it as much as we do. Help us spread the word by taking your photo, uploading it, use the hashtag Black Friday Parking. And if you're so inclined, spread the word yourself by sending people to our website, by tagging people in your photos, by letting people know, you know, tag a photo and then reply to it or put in the comments a, a link to the website so people will go there and understand what we're doing and understand why we're doing it. And they will become aware of this as well. The great thing about the Black Friday parking event, and it's grown and it's grown and it's grown and it's gotten way, way bigger than, than our organization even is that by growing in this way, what we're doing is we're showing people something that they can't then unsee. So much of this abnormal suburban experiment development pattern that we live in seems normal to us because we live in it. We experience it every day. It feels normal. But you know, almost like coming from an abusive relationship or coming from a, a dysfunctional family, once you get out of it, once you can step outside of it and look at it, you recognize that like, wow, that was really dysfunctional. That was not normal. That does not feel right. What we need to do is we need to get more Americans to recognize what is right in front of them. We need to allow them to see it and allow them to step outside of it and say, why are we building so much parking? Why are we paying for sewer and water and drainage for stuff that never gets used? Why are we running all this roadway? Why are we utilizing all this space? Why do we have a housing shortage? Why are we punishing small business owners? Why, why are we doing these things to ourselves for stuff that we're not even using, even on the busiest shopping day of the year? Help us out. Help us magnify uh, what's going on in your community. Check in at Black Friday Parking, hashtag Black Friday Parking, and, and follow the hashtag yourself. This is a lot of fun. People have really done some creative things, and every year I'm kind of amazed by what people do. So have a great Thanksgiving. Enjoy yourself. When you're out on Friday, take some photos, upload them, share them, and uh, have a good time. Keep doing what you can to build a strong town. Take care, everybody. Taking risk is a necessity to becoming rich. It's also a necessity to go bankrupt. Bill, 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 Bill. That's a story. They know that America's one big pothole right now. Just to echo what you said, there are no silver bullet solutions. Chuck Marone, this has been fascinating. Oh, the city! The window is not 
not always open. But if nobody's pushing, then once the window opens, there'll be no chance to go through. I like you. I like your vision of the, of the world. The United Nations Earth Summit, Agenda 21. Yeah.